Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, sitting here as always with Arthur Black. What's going on, guys? And today we've got our first repeat guest, uh, Ben Jones here from uh, Spirit Bomb, Rum Clement, Dumbazo, all over the place. But uh, you might remember him from about a year ago we had you on the show. First repeat guest? Like, you are. Yeah, you invited me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we were hard up for guests, especially after oh. the debacle last week. Um, I got a little Just when I was starting to feeling good, you knocked me back down. Yeah, well, let's just say we've got a seatbelt on Ed's chair today. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten that deep into it. Of course, then again, at the beginning of last week, I wasn't that deep into it at the beginning either. By the end, I wasn't sitting in my chair. Yeah, well, I believe last time I had to follow up Matt Petrick. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I and then after hearing about how great that show was, I had to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so who do I have the pleasure to follow up this time? Uh, well, <laughs> I, we we didn't even really get the topic. Okay. Uh, it was mostly just a massive amount of alcohol and weirdness. Yeah. So we're back so on this, track. This today's gonna be way different. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back on track. Um. Talking about all kinds of cool new things that you've been doing in the last year. Um, so I guess to start off, you well, know, what number Ben? What, what number was he our guest? Was he? He was one of our first guests. Yeah, right? I think he might have been like our third or fourth guest, and yeah. we're now on like episode uh, thirty or thirty-one, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah, crazy. <clears throat> we haven't killed anyone yet, nor have we killed ourselves or livers. Um, did bruise my ass pretty good last time, but that was that was the worst. Worst incident so far. Um, <laughs> speaking thereof, Arthur, what did you have to drink last night? Um, I just had a village level Chablis. Very simple, easy. Um, 2015 Chardonnay from France. God bless it. I love Chablis. I, I have a feeling I might know how you might answer here, Ben. No, I had, I had a uh, Chairman's Spiced Rum Negroni. Um, St. Lucian Negroni, really. Nice. So uh, where were you last night? I was at uh, Broken Shaker in Chicago. Nice. Right after we did the Indie Spirits Festival. Uh, great event. Lots of great people came through. And then, uh, but, you know, those events can be exhausting for us. I mean, spend, you know, better part of four hours standing, like, you know, but more or less, you know, it's all good stuff. But, you know, you sort of, sort of get your, your pitch down. You get your 15 seconds of fame with each person, you know, times that by six, seven hundred. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to, you know, go and chill at, uh, at a friendly neighborhood bar and, and get a burger and a, yeah, the, and a cocktail. The, those events are part of the trade. Um, they, they just are. We work them. It's great to have exposure to consumers. But they're exhausting, man. I mean, it's a little bitty thing. Standing in one place, usually in a conference center or something, just, you know feet and back start killing you and it's like okay i said the same thing nearly a thousand times over and <laughs> well i i i do i do get a lot out of it i mean it's you know it's a great opportunity for me and more and more of a rare opportunity for me to 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 meet the different people that are that are coming through that are enjoying fine spirits and uh and it keeps me going because you know you get to see the aha moment or that aha face on these right, people who are right. never had agricultural rum before or, or any really good rum before or, you know, thought that rum was just Picardi and Captain Morgan, that was it, and whatnot, and, or they go through the line, and you get really good questions, and those are the things that make me wake up in the morning, honestly. It's, it's more than anything else that we really do is, is, is just to engage and, and have those conversations. I like people. Sometimes people like me. Occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, last night, I, I'm with you, Arthur. I just kind of drank uh, Lolo wine, DOC wine uh, at Alasio. I had a uh, Moscato de Mont- uh, Terracina. Um, so I was... 
We were you out of the restaurant? Well, we spoke last night. I was yeah, in the middle of cooking, cooking some dinner, right? And so uh, it was a, the closest bottle I had. I needed a little bit of bottle or <clears throat> a little bit of wine for the recipe. So that's what I drank with my dinner. All right, no, that would work. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you mentioned Ben. You were talking about how you get a lot of out out of it and all these things that you've had happening in the last year with the acquisition of St. Lucia Distillers. Now we talked about that a little bit in our previous episode. And again, folks, if you're listening to this. Really recommend you go back to listen to that. I believe it was episode maybe four or five. Uh, it was Rum Agricole with Ben Jones, but um, that'll really give you an idea of the history behind these distilleries. But the you guys had really just gotten your hands on uh, the chairman's, and it had yet to be released right. back into the United States again. So, the, uh, I mean, what's what's uh, what's changed in the last year with with what you guys got going on? I don't know if this episode's long enough. Um, <laughs> Everything. Yeah, I mean, like uh, that was pretty recent news uh you know we we really just uh got involved we've been really first first foremost focused on the actual facility itself and we've already started a renovation program to uh you know to upgrade and and update you know the facilities and and you know they're already making a bang and rum and uh you know we want to make it so that they can continue to do that and maybe in a better and more efficient way and and uh and it gives us a, a really a true truly new toy box uh st lucia is right next door to martinique and you really couldn't find uh more different rum uh, in st lucia than what we do in martinique and and to see that sort of cultural overlay i mean even that the two islands speak two different languages you have this strong foundational dna that creole roots and culture that they already share and then Really, now that we get, you know, we've got our team at Clamont and, and our team at JM, and, and then we now have our new team in St. Lucia, and to be involved and watch everyone share ideas and expertise and, and different ways of, you know, and resource and whatnot. And, you know, we're, we're shipping a bottling line from Martinique now over to St. Lucia and whatnot. You know, it's, it's that cooperative, cooperation has been really, really fun to be part of. You know, in any sort of situation like where you have any merger like that, you know, you had to look at it like, two families and imagine like two families like getting married and you know there was no sort of engagement period we just got together and and <laughs> you just hooked you, up and yeah you know what and i you like having two families come together and everyone like gets along super well and and everyone's working really well i mean it didn't have to go like that and and it makes it you know for what i'm doing like a lot easier and and the whole thing's really working really well uh chairman's which was the you know the flagship brand of saint lucia and is the one that's really exported around the world that was kind of the hot hot priority when we got involved um so you know we had to engage our distributors here some of the distributors we inherited here in indiana wasn't in the market um so we brought it in with our with our current distributor here uh, uh carol uh that has all of our of our brands and and now you know works really well to 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 represent our whole portfolio they get to see the whole gamut um but we've you know re we not repackaged but you know definitely gave the the packaging at facelift and then the next step coming is is the other rums that are coming out of st lucia that are already well known locally in st lucia bounty is the next one that's cool. the that's the big big uh brand that's you know local to st lucia that that'll be coming to the market the and then uh, and then admiral ronnie's right after that one awesome um, but all, with all those things you know we we you know We've just cleaned everything up to, to make everything make sense, really. And, um, you know, certain line extensions here. And we've what we've found with the St. Lucia distillers is that, I mean, they have 
these beautiful different types of stills and between the John Doerr pot stills and the Vendome and, and um, <clears throat> they're even they even grow some sugar cane there and they make a Lucian Agricole that comes in the blends. Really? And, and they have, you know, stocks of, you know, they the, the way they age everything is, you know, it's individual by still. So you have certain pot stills or column stills, you know, the coffee still or the Vendome still and, and all that stuff is sitting in different barrels and some of these barrels are port cast some of them madeira cast some of them are cherry brandy cast or chardonnay cast a, a lot of ex-bourbon cast whatnot and then you know to go in there and it's just a really put it to like a painter's palette where you have you know really like 13 different colors and then that's really what the calling card with the st lucia rums is it's you know it's totally different than what we talk about in martinique where we're really you know you hear us use words like terroir and and uh, and of course we're talking about sugarcane and aoc and whatnot and you know, those are the sort of features and benefits that, you know, kind of surround from Agricole. Uh, you know, in St. Lucia, it's really all about the hand of the maker and, and having the versatility and the diversity of the different types of rums that they can make with the different stills and then the barrels and then the different molasses washers and whatnot. You know, we have an opportunity to, to um, you know, play with these rums. And you'll see with the St. Lucian rums, none of them, none of them have any sort of age statement. And that's something that, you know, when we got involved, that was something that's very like they have a lot of pride in um they have a very strong ethos and philosophy dna about how blending younger fresher rums from a certain still with uh, older rums with a lot more depth and complexity maybe from my pot still and blending them together and making you know and that's what the that's sure, really yeah. the, the dna of chairman's reserve is and and so it's it's just a different mentality on how to make great rum uh really far away different than what we do in martinique and yeah, it's definitely. been a great perfect marriage in that way so the, what you do in Martinique is you guys uh, make, making rum agricole, and again revisit that previous episode of uh, the very in-depth description. But I mean, how have you seen that kind of market changing in the U.S. over the last year? I know it's every year is kind of like just got to chip away at the stone a little bit more on education, and that's why you're out and about traveling. Every day is a every day is a better day. Yeah. Um, Again, like I said before, I mean, I got plenty of great, great reasons to wake up in the morning. I've got plenty of energy and plenty of motivation because I get to see, um, you know, the, the the new aha moment, whether it's with agriculture. And, you know, we're gonna, I'm expecting to see that, you know, as we get deeper uh, with the St. Lucian rum as well. Um, you know, when I started, we we launched Rum Clement in the United States in 2005. Officially, we started selling in 2005. I was, you know, hitting the streets in New York and well into 2004, and I can tell you that. You know, some of the our biggest industries, luminaries and whatnot at that time. You know, you're t we're talking about a time period where Cosmo and Sex in the City and it was, you know, sure. vodka and whatnot. And, and we were talking about rum alcohol and people would tell me, like, you know, maybe you didn't spell check your labels. Like, why is there an H there? You know, it, that's where we started. And to see in 2009 and 2010 where you see, like, the San Francisco Spears competition or the Ultimate Spears Challenge dedicate sole categories and judging just to agricultural rum where before you know we would our bottles would be thrown in there with appleton and and white it, rum great yeah white you know all the white rums maybe bacardi's even there and you know that's just not fair to the judges and it's certainly not fair to the consumers i mean it, you know it, it's it, it i don't say it's any different than if you were to to judge bourbon and blended scotch together yeah great they're both whiskeys but you know we all agree that they're far far away different types of spirits yeah i mean i uh, just around town in the last year i mean and obviously we're you know, big evangelist when it comes to agriculture, agriculture and heavy pot still Jamaican, but um, there's not that many bars that you go to in, in town anymore that where you would be uh, hard pressed to find an agriculture on the shelf. No. Usually, uh, the the Camblu, 
Um, well, you just keep on opening some more, and <laughs> <laughs> we are we always ask for it. Like in fact, um, at our uh, Thunderbird, yeah, they stock it only because our crew goes <laughs> to Thunderbird to drink so often that we always ask for Agricole. So they stock a bottle just for the sake of like our crew being able to go in and get uh, a daiquiri. Well, or- I hope all you <laughs> listeners out there are going to Thunderbird because uh, I'm not going to pin my sales in Indiana to uh, Ed and his friends to go to Thunderbird. Maybe maybe some other people can go in there and try well, some. Well, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, man. Everybody's carrying this stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, we were, um, well, you guys were chatting a little bit off mic before we kind of got started today. We just got back from uh, Paris, what, a month ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, great time. Uh, we might have converted awesome Arthur over to Tiki Drinks uh, at Dirty Dick. That I mean, they killed it. But uh, I was in heaven. You know, I mean, every liquor store, I mean, like to find a molasses bass drum was a little bit trickier than finding all the beautiful agricole. But I was, it was my first time uh, really spending time in Paris. And I was shocked to see, I guess, just all of the representations of agricole. The from world all, culture there. Well, all over the place. Like, I mean, finding, I saw more often than Martinique and rum when I was out at the bars anyway. I saw a lot from Reunion Island. Um and Marie Gallant, and uh, there, a lot of people were using uh, Haitian Clarin for their well, you know, and I was, that was a little bit surprising. I, I expected to see your stuff all over the place. I mean, it was definitely present. Um, I feel like you're, the company, especially Clement, has been around for so long. We actually got to talking with um, a guy named Max at Lavinia, and he's like, oh, you guys get agricole in the U.S.? I'm like, well, of course we do. We're not that backwards. I mean, I say that knowing very well that we are that backwards but um he was like what do you get and i told him you know we well, can get damozo clement and jm and you know we a couple other here and there you know nissan and stuff but um and he was like oh so like you know the standard stuff that you can get anywhere i'm like well hey, we can't get it anywhere maybe rub, rub some salt in that <laughs> yeah i know i was like yeah thanks Hassle. yeah <laughs> it's like must must be nice that you can just regard that as the uh the easy to get stuff yeah but i did Clean some shelves off. <laughs> you know. right. Brought some stuff home. I did get the uh, plantation St. Lucia. And in fact, Ben was talking about the, the stills and Alexander Gabriel, for our listeners out there, if you want to go back and listen to that interview, he talks about the Jean Dor and the Vendôme still quite a bit. Um, in St. Lucia? Yeah. Oh, good. He's a big fan. He, he is he, a big fan. He and Laurie Barnard, um, who, you know, his family um, and Laurie really as a person was the, the really the heart and soul of, of St. Lucia Distillers. And, and, uh, yeah, he first of all, he Laurie and Alex were, were great friends. But Alex told me, Alexandra told me uh, a few times that uh, you know he, he he saw Laurie as a mentor and spent a lot of time just uh, picking his brain. And, and I know that uh, Alexandra spent some time in that distillery. Very cool. So I mean, it, it sounds like the um, two organizations between Martinique and and Saint Lucia. That's uh, it's been kind of a tinder match in heaven. It's been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I a Tinder match. A Tinder did you, match. Did you swipe? I don't know. I'm too old to use Left, Tinder. Left, right. Just swipe? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and so I thought when you said Tinder match. So this is how long I've been married. I, when you said <laughs> Tinder match, I thought we were talking about Tinder and a Tinder. match and lighting a fire. Right. I totally missed the whole reference no, to no. Tinder. Sorry. <laughs> reference to poor reference to online my dating. Bad, my bad. No, I was thinking it was a great fire um, uh, <laughs> that we put, that, w- that came together. And, and it was. I mean, I wouldn't been able to tell you what was going through my head going into it i mean other than the fact that i was really excited but then to 
to be able to integrate. And uh, I've got really now, I've, I've got a family in St. Lucia now, and I've got, you know, great friends in St. Lucia now. And, um, you know, the, the collaboration has just been uh, beautiful. And really. you, you spoke to it a little bit, but um, the the agriculture in, in St. Lucia isn't nearly to the extent as it is in Martinique, correct? Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, the bananas industry, which is like the big uh, agricultural industry throughout the Caribbean, uh, is is pretty minute. Uh, and when you compare that to like Martinique or Guadeloupe or whatnot, um, they do still grow bananas. Uh, well, I meant agricoles and agricole rum. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> agricole industry. Well, the agricole industry, no, that's non-existent. What happened was that, um, as I was beginning to say before, Lori, uh, Lori Barnard, you know. He, he was truly passionate about of making really, really good rum. And for lack of a, a better term, you know, just putting a bunch of stuff together, throwing a bunch to the wall and, and see what's stuck. Or maybe it's blending, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But he was really passionate about really just, you know, they'd always been making rum for, for decades and generations. But then, you know, what's happening in Jamaica and what's happening in Barbados, of course, you know, Martinique and whatnot. I mean, he really wanted to put... He wanted to put a bottle out there that he was going to be very, very proud of and that was going to put St. Lucia on the rum-making map, and that's what Chairman's Reserve is. But along the way, I mean, that's how he came about buying these different stills and playing with these different molasses washes and, and coming up with these different distillates. And along the way, uh, they planted a, uh, about five acres of cane that are right around the distilleries. So they're distilling somewhere between, or their production is somewhere between 2,300 liters to 2,500 liters of straight Lucian agricole, which is really not so much. I mean, that's about what Ed drinks in a year. <laughs> so the, with that, I mean, it's it's to it's to run it. We do run that through a pot still, which is different than in Martinique. And then they they they'll lay that down. And I think the the at the youngest point that they'll use the agricole will be at least at six years old. And it only really makes an appearance <clears throat> in a beautiful certain rum blend, the highest sort of most prestigious mark that comes out of the distillery, which is called 1931. And uh, the 1931, the best way I can explain that is it's a rum salad. It's pot still, it's column still, it's Lucian Agricole, it's port cask, it's Madeira cask, it's Chardonnay cask. The youngest rum is six years, the oldest rum is like 12 rum or 13 salad. years. That is a rum salad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and it's all, I mean, the one that we, I have a little bit of it kicking around the U.S. and the one that I have, it's a, it's a 82% various pot stills including the agricole and, and 18 percent of the of the coffee still but then you've you've got again madeira port chardonnay cherry brandy bourbon cat i mean it's it's a rum salad cherry brandy interesting yeah well man we well we had that um at cherry de v out in alsace uh from meyer i was uh, speaking thereof that actually ties in a bit um so when we were out we went to the uh, wine fair <clears throat> in Colmar and Alsace uh, in July or end of July, beginning of, of, of August. And have you ever been out there for that? It is. I've been to Alsace, but not for the It's much less about fire. wine than it is a giant party that happens to have wine. Yeah, there's music. <laughs> there's like every conceivable purveyor. It kind of started off like as a, a festival and a, an it's annual like a market. Show. It's yeah, an right. annual market for like farmers. So, like, you can buy a tractor there, you can buy a jacuzzi, you can drink wine, you can get OTV, you can go to concerts. It's I mean, like a boat show. It's just there's like twenty thousand people. It was just massive. But it was massive. There was more people at the fair than actually live in Komar, um, and everybody's got their own tent. They're blasting music, and it's just a giant party that again happens to have winemakers there. But that's really not the point of it. I don't. I didn't feel like. But 
Um, we were actually over at one tent that was friends with uh, a prior guest, Patrick Aledo, uh, from Pierre Spar. And he's like, I want to introduce you to my friend. And he makes this beautiful eau de vie. Uh, it was the Meyer eau de vie. And, they, and Arthur got it. Well, we... <laughs> We got giant pours. It was like eight ounce pours of this eau de vie. Oh, they're massive. Yeah. And he handed, he put his nose in the glass and he's like, you are really going to like this. And I put my nose in the glass and it smelled like agricole. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was, funky. It was raspberry eau de vie. And I mean, it was very grassy, very earthy. I mean, it. Yeah. I had the truffle. Blind tasted the on the nose. Thing. Yeah. I would have straight up called it. Um, yeah, exactly. Like some kind of genre of agricole. I mean, it had sort of the, the dirty, the, funky the backdrop the, of red fruits yeah, to it, but that mushroomy, like yeah. olive quality, like the yeah, Domozo or or Dillon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. It was interesting. Just a weird side note, but I'm like trying to get us a case of it here in the states because the importers, you know, got some stuff floating around, but we don't have that here. Well, I mean, you can get those nuances that we associate with agricole with some other things. There's some mezcal out there that gets a little, <laughs> little funky and truffly and you know, dirty olivey in some cases, but they are rare and, you know, far between. You know, I mean, this is, um, I was just thinking, you know, we talked so much about Martinique here. Um, and of course, every time you're in town, I, the hurricanes just kind of rolled through Martinique. How, how are things down there yeah. with that way, as far as that's concerned? No, quite honestly, everything's, everything's fine. Um, you know, certainly we, we, we always get a little bit of effect. The first one that came through was a little bit further north, so we had a lot of surf, high surf and storm surge and, you know, some trees down. The bananas industry got affected the hardest because oh. those are much more fragile. Sure. You know, sugarcane is a grass, so it's very resilient. Uh, when Maria came through, Maria went right over Dominica, and unfortunately, you know, Dominica was really throttled. Um, but uh, for those of you who uh, know your geography, uh, Dominica, Dominica is yeah. right between Martinique and Guadeloupe. So I, Just north. Yeah, so I was, I was watching the map. And in fact, between Irma and Maria, I was down there. <laughs> I, I flew in and flew out somehow, miraculously, right, be, right after and right before. But... Um, you know, so where Rum JM is on the very northern tip, and for fact, when you're at the JM Distillery, you look across and you can see Dominica very easily. Um, again, like nothing could, uh, catastrophic, but you know, power outage and a lot of you know tree damage, and and you know, we had everyone you know off, not working for so a, a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, but everyone's okay. But you know, we we closed down operations just so that I mean, we're not distilling at this time. You know, thankfully, so we we, we uh, were able to manage the workload, but we just uh, had everyone kick it back at home and make sure that their own personal property and their families were safe and sound. And, you know, that as a distillery, a little bit of landscaping and, uh, and, uh, you know, power outages, that's about it. I mean, nothing like, you know, what our neighbors to the North or, you know, in Puerto Rico, I mean, that's that's awful. Is there like a distiller's calendar in Martinique? Like is there a time of the year where things just kind of shut down because of, Rainy season or other weather issues yeah, I mean, or harvests um, or so rum agricole being from fresh pressed sugarcane juice you know it's a more or less a twelve month uh, season uh, we harvest purposely in the spring because that's the dry season so we're gonna get the highest bricks level and it's also the time period that's most manageable to be in the fields cutting the sugarcane harvesting and whatnot so you're not sinking into the fields yeah sure absolutely. Um, but also more importantly, truly more importantly, is is to get the sugar cane at its best peak, you know, best highest bricks level. Uh, so you like to be dry. When do you stop harvest? I mean, it depends on where we are uh, on the island. But let's say uh, you can say harvest more or less starts the or on the first of February and will end uh, either end of April towards the middle of May, late May, and you know it's the 
the, as we're producing a bit more now than we were before, we've seen the season grow and grow. So we're about 100 to 110 days of harvest. Then in June, July, we dismantle the still, the column. We we clean, you know, the tanks are already empty, so we do all the maintenance, all you know, heavy, heavy clean. Everything's dismantled and and gone over. August, as you all know, in France, and it's the same in Martinique, everyone's off. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally off. And then uh, and along the way, we're you know we're you know we're we're treating the barrels, toasting the barrels, doing a lot of, you know, transfers. We, you know, in the weage, you know, topping off and all this. So there's stuff to do, but, you know, it's all hands on deck, like two shifts a day during the harvest season because it's the same team. But, you know, we have to harvest the sugar cane, we have to distill and all this stuff. When we're not distilling and when we're not harvesting, you know, it's it's a little bit, you know, more manageable. Is that going to be a similar season at St. Lucia Distillers? No, no, no. no we produce rum year-round. Right. I was saying yeah. because, yeah, you've got the so opportunity So it's, it's a that. traditional rum from molasses. The molasses is coming up from uh, Demerara, from Guyana. Oh, it is coming from Guyana. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool. The um, They bring up the molasses from Guyana. Uh, it comes in on a, on a molasses boat. Not a huge boat. I would say 60, 70 foot. Uh, I'm gonna the, hit you right on the molasses boat. The the, the, the <laughs> distillery, like not a Willy Wonka or something. <laughs> yeah. The distillery is in Roseau Valley, and it's you know it's right on the sea. The distillery actually is a setback, not quite a mile away, but we have a, a pipe that comes from the distillery down to the beach, and then kind of goes underneath the beach and then pops up, and then when it's under the water, we have a flexible tube that comes up, and it's you know, it's totally tied off and barricaded by orange buoys and whatnot. But this boat comes in every um, six weeks or so, eight weeks, and um, comes into the bay. And it's and it's like right down to the water level, and then uh, you know we have a you know a couple of guys that go out in a zodiac. One guy dives and gets the hose, and then they have to swim underneath the boat and dives. Hook I thought he said dies for a second. I'm <laughs> like, wow, that's <laughs> got to be a, a job people are in line <laughs> right. for. Sign me up. <laughs> no, he's very. It's a tip position. It's a great gig. One of you's not going to come back. <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, he dives under the boat and hooks up the pipe, and then they, they drain the whole boat. And it's a, it's a day sail. It's not too, we're not so far away from something Sure, like no, not at all. And, um, and so we have, uh, we have, I think, four molasses tanks. We're going to be adding some more now. Four molasses tanks that are about uh, 650, 700 tons each. And so every six to eight weeks, we're refilling those. Awesome, man. Well, I'm, we're stoked to have it like a steady flow now coming through into the states because before it was like you find a you find a bottle, grab it, you know, and then it's it's again it goes to my jealousy of the Europeans, man, or just being down in the islands, you know, and seeing all this beautiful rum on the shelf. You're like, ah, that's not rare, but I can't get it. So baby I mean, steps, baby steps. There's a lot of the stuff I brought back from France. It's like it wasn't rare yeah. product. Well, it it's was weird. just stuff I can't get here. It's weird because it's kind of backwards where all the cool stuff in other categories like whiskey or tequila mezcal hit us first sure. and then go out elsewhere and and you know for sure well that the so i was but. uh looking on the well so the the u.s importing leg is called spirit bomb yes uh which we talked about a little bit the name change last year it used to be uh or previously known as house of agricole but when i was on the website uh, last week um not only did it list like uh, guadalupe martinique uh, and St. Lucia on the side of the screen on like the menu bar, but it also had like uh, Reunion Island, Haiti, and uh, Mauritius, or maybe Marie Galant uh, listed on the side there. Are you guys involved with production in any of those islands? Not so much. Okay. Um, 
Because because when you like I said, it's it's just to the right of the logo, but then when you look under our products and the portfolio, oh, you know it, it just has JM. <clears throat> no, you know what? I'm sorry. Now I know what you're referencing. No, we have a rum wheel. It's an educational tool that we use, uh, and it's and it's 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 really to, to start the conversation. Okay. About um, it's really to start the conversation about to put some so put some context on what is the rum category, and you know th- there's some there's some debates from different people and how best to communicate and how to present the overall rum category. And, you know, we just want to make it easier. <laughs> are, are there now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, from our, from our point of view is that, uh, you know, we really want to keep it simple as possible. I mean, we don't have the luxury like whiskey does, where it's very simple to look at a map and understand where Canadian whiskey comes from and where American whiskey or where does scotch <laughs> come from or where does Irish whiskey come from. You know, you really need to have a little bit of a history lesson or understand a little bit of the, uh, you know, social studies of the of the Caribbean, the ancestral, you know, fingerprints that you see. And and so from that point of view, we tried. I mean, and, and it's, there's obviously always exceptions to the rule, but we've always tried to, to lay it out so that, you know, how is Solera rum made and, and where does that come from? Right. Yeah. Well, and where did they get that idea versus, you know, the English rums or, you know, you know, specifically with the French rums. I mean, we use terminology, we use adjectives, vocabulary descriptors that are very relevant to French spirit production, cognac, armagnac, calvados, and whatnot, age statements and whatnot. And, that, and that's not by accident. So that's why you've got all the French yeah, so those countries are, so lay on to the right of the We wanted to say yeah. these are the other, these are, these are, these are the, okay. these are the places where you can, where they're, they're making the quote unquote French style rum, where you can get rum agricole. Sure. And agricole rum is nothing more than uh, sugarcane eau de vie. Right. Yeah, right. We're making a, you know, it's which all, all of the sort of techniques and methods are more or less borrowed or tweaked from. Uh, our forefathers uh, in in cognac, armagnac, Alvados, whatnot. Yeah, that's um, okay. That's that's clear now. Like because yeah, yeah. I saw that and I got all excited. I'm like, wait a minute, there's more stuff out there that I don't know about. What the hell? But the um, speaking of products that I'm not um, that we can't get, you know, being down in Martinique and Guadeloupe, there's you guys have very little of what's available from your company available in the u.s like what that's like 20 percent of the portfolio i mean you've got all co- sorts of cool like yeah barrel I mean, ages i mean i know that we were talking about robert before and like some of his blends i remember trying when we were down in martinique like it was like kind of cocoa heavy or maybe heavy on the vanilla and they were just kind of one-off kind of bottlings and i mean are there any plans to bring any of that stuff outside or is it too small of a production to bring it's too the- small of a production um and uh, that's the that's the first answer. That's the real legitimate answer. But uh, it's really too small of a production. But uh, most people, you know, like uh, who are not like you, would argue that we already have too many things here. Right. Um, I mean, mainly my distributors. <laughs> and, sure. And so, I mean, that's that's I I don't want to I don't want to keep anything back from anyone here uh, that is interested in it. And I we do go to great lengths to get some really cool specialty items. Um, we don't, we may, and we will do that and we have done that and we may not go, you know, and wave the flag and widely publicize it. We, there's a few products that, you know, we know exactly, I, I can take a sniper rifle and, and pick off exactly who's interested in this sure. and that. And, and I don't even get my distributors involved. Um, and so those things do. Rumble in Seattle's interested. We just know that already. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I just got I just, I just got a text. <laughs> Did you really from Kate? <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so we do we do uh, we do a cast collection program under Clement uh, that does hit the U.S. Um, uh, you're mentioning stuff that doesn't hit the U.S. Like you know, 
jam we do some finishes with Calvados yeah, cast. I've got Calvados the um, Calvados Armagnac and right. and uh, cognac. Oh, oh, cognac, right, right. But we in, in that in that way we really deliberately more or less partnered up with um, with specific houses that we were really really proud to 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 partner to work with, um, really because these houses are sort of the um, you know. They're, they wave the flag, in our opinion, as far as quality and, and what they are and who they represent from their specific regions. And so, I mean, we have their logo and branding on, on the bottles, on, on the boxes around the bottles, which is uh, so specifically uh, when you get the J.M. Calvados cask is Le Comte Calvados, uh, De La Ma Cognac from Cognac and uh, Armagnac Tierquier. Uh, so and then, you know, on the box, it tells a story about how, you know, the four big French spirit, you know, AOC spirit producing regions, Martinique, Cognac, Armagnac, and Calvados, you know, are now working together. And JM has decided to partner with, you know, these very prestigious houses from these places. And so we're only using their cask. And, and what that is, the, the product is every year is a little bit different. So it's a very, very limited release. We do about uh, all told about 20, 21,000 bottles. So it's about 7,000 bottles of each. Oh, wow. Um, but it'll be like eight. Eight, oh, it's actually like nine years aged in yeah. JM, and then we'll do another 10, 11 months in one of those uh, other casks, and then it's released. And it, and we we are very proud to put the uh, those other producers. That JM Armagnac finish is beautiful. That's I my don't favorite. Think tried it. That's my favorite. I've got a bottle. I'll bring it in. And when I her. say like twenty one thousand bottles, those are five hundred ml, so they're half bottles. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. That's always the disappointing part. I'm like, yes, and then well, you know, it's it's that uh, depth perception thing. I mean. You're looking at the shelf. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. You think they're all 750s because they're all sitting next to each other. Mm. And then you get home and you're like, damn. What are your thoughts on Calvados? And not too, don't want to derail too much off topic of rum, but like, I wonder where that push is going to come from. Like, when are people going to get behind that <sighs> spirit in this country? Because it's it's an amazing spirit. Let me tell you something. I mean, <clears throat> I absolutely adore Calvados after Rum Um I really, really got you know. There was there was a there was a bar that I used to hang out at a lot when I used to live in New York City and uh, and I thought I knew what Calvados was and it was a French restaurant I thought I knew what Calvados was before I went in there and then I found a bartender who was more passionate and uh, more knowledgeable than I was and and uh, you know I used to go in there and talk about business with him with rum and then after we were all done he would like pull out all these different bottles and all this stuff and he was from Normandy so he you know he he certainly knew what he was talking about and he definitely got me hooked. Um, you know, I always had this sort of inclination or dream or whatever, like, you know, the next thing I would ever want to get behind is Calvados. But <clears throat> I'll tell you, Arthur, um, and not that I'm afraid of anything, but uh, I spent the better part of the last 12, 13 years getting rum agricole off the ground. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's, you know, with, <laughs> across, across the country, you know, it's, 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 it's been a true, true pleasure, but it, it's a lot like pushing a massive boulder up a hill. And, and every, every year and every day, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, that uh, it's getting a little bit easier and people are coming around um, to try to do that again for Calvados. <laughs> Is it daunting? Yeah, I mean, a daunting, <laughs> daunting task. That's, that's just a, a pipe dream. I mean, like, yeah. like I just had to kind of throw that out But that out stuff there. is delicious. Uh, there's some great producers out there. Um, you know, um. and, you know, Perna Ricard imports one. And if they can't get it right. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you were talking about the uh, category growing in, like, people are kind of starting to figure out the agricole a little bit um you guys well actually today is october 4th uh when we're sitting down here and talking with you and today there's actually a tea punch cup 
uh, final or semifinal in no, the UK. Final. In it is the UK final. Final. In the UK, yeah. Yep. This is UK Cocktail Week, right? Or is yeah. it next week? Yeah, no, it's this week. It's London Cocktail Week. That's right. Yep. London Cocktail Week because it leads up into the, co- the, into the UK, UK Rum Fest. Fest yep. Right, exactly. And then Berlin, bar, the Bar Kevin Berlin is next week. And right, yeah. This is like rum season. There's a the, freight train going on over there. In Europe, yeah. <laughs> or in the Europe. Um, so, <laughs> any, I'm not the, the country, country of Europe. The country, yeah, the country of Europe. What what country so, is this? Well, again? UK, they Brexited. Remember? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, they're they're done. Um, but so, uh, you want to talk about a little bit about the tea punch cup? Yeah, of course. Because like that's gonna feed in. This is a worldwide event. Like just today is happening in London, but yep. I mean you've got the well the one in the U.S. happened at Tales of the Cocktail. So. I'm very proud to say that it always starts in the United States, in New Orleans. Uh, so July 19 uh, was the UK, uh, I'm sorry, the UK, the US uh, competition where we actually sent, uh, we're sending two representatives, two Americans, two fine ladies, one um, Bethany Ham from uh, Los Angeles, she's at uh, Birds and the Bees, and uh, Leanne Favre from New York, from Clover Club. And um, so they will be, they were the first ones uh, to get their ticket to Martinique, and then uh, and then the Tea Punch Cup train went promptly over to uh, to Europe, and and as you mentioned today in the UK, uh, I have to check my social media feed, uh, but because it was going on right before I walked in here, but uh, I'm sure they're probably naming the winner now. And all uh, oh, right, yeah, we're at the a end time of the difference, d- so yes. So at the end of the, you know, uh, there's there's going to be competitions going throughout Europe, it goes into Asia as well, and I believe it's eight, 17 or 18 countries this year. Um, including France, of course, and then we also have uh, Martinique as a as a local player, skin in the game as well. And so these competitions are going on now all through the end of the year. And in March, uh, middle of March, I think it's the 14th or the 18th or 19th, uh, all these uh, bartenders from around the world will convene and uh, and uh, definitely enjoy Martinique and get the full experience and and the education behind our rum and, and tea punch and more importantly they they get to absorb a little of the culture of, of martinique with how the tea punch is part of that and then they're going to compete against each other and uh somebody i hope it's an american this year um will be crowned uh, you know as the global winner of of uh, the tea punch cup this is our second time going through the first winner was dirk Hani from uh, switzerland so yeah, this is the second annual. That's it's a cool yeah. damned event. I'd like to go down for it. That's for sure. It's awesome. I mean, the the basically the way it works is that the odd number of years were in 2017 are the regional competitions around the world, and then always in the even number of years. So next year, 2018 in March is when everyone comes together. Very cool, man. It's a big uh, event. I was um, we were just talking with the staff here. Uh, well, it was probably about a month ago, and we. A lot of us had been down to Martinique, so we had gathered up all of our uh, vintages of the uh, Camblu um, from Rum Clément. And so in Martinique, you guys actually like label the vintage of each edition uh, or each year's release. But we don't get that here in the U.S., but obviously it's coming from different years. I guess, I mean, for most people, that those differences are probably relatively imperceptible. But um, is there any way to tell on a U.S. bottle that, like, what year that was distilled in? Or? Uh, you can see when it's bottled. Uh, Check the back of your label. Yeah. Check the back of your label. Because, yeah, we brought in, because they're all very distinctly have very different bottle wraps in right. Martinique. And so we had, I think we had a 13, 14, 15, um, and then we tasted them all beside the this American bot- bottling. So. This was bottled the 321st day of 2016. So let's say that <laughs> was early December right, uh, last yeah, yeah. year. That means it was distilled last spring. 
Gotcha. Uh, so that's vintage 2016. Uh, according to the rules of the AOC, when we make our rum, no matter what, it has to be that condition. We use stainless steel. So it was distilled sometime in the spring. And that that bottling, that, I mean, that bottling day, that's a lot number. So then back at the distillery, we can tell you what day that was distilled right. and where that came, you know, whatnot, where that came come from, et cetera. But I mean, that, that's how we start. For the true rum geeks out there that want to know, compare their vintages of rum, because there are differences, you know, slight differences from year to year. But it's filed under D for day. <laughs> right. Uh, D for donut. D for donut. <laughs> I can't think of one possible scenario where I would need to prove that I bought a donut. <laughs> Shout out to Mitch Hedberg there. Uh, R.I.P., sir. But uh, we got to wrap up here because uh, we are actually getting ready to do a Are you guys doing old-fashioned week? Uh, we are doing Old Fashioned Week yeah? here. Yeah, absolutely. And Did you see other bars in Paris that are doing Old Fashioned Week? I did, but I don't recall. It was. I mean, Old Fashioned Week started glance. in France. Right. It's now in 30 countries. This is the first year it's in the U.S. Yes. Uh, in, the U- in the U.S., so anyone can sign up, go into oldfashionedweek.com. They register their bar, and uh, you have to feature, uh, you know, t- Old Fashioned, but with, with uh, two out of the following brands. Altos, uh, Omeka Altos Tequila, Monkey Shoulders Scotch, Wild Turkey Bourbon, Rum JM, and Angostura, just their bitters. Um, and so that looks like it's going to be really fun. I mean, and so somehow we, we get, you know, looped into these uh, great little events and cocktail competitions. With chairmans, we did a Mai Tai Challenge uh, here in the U.S. and all around Europe. And, and uh, there's about 10 bartenders that are going down. Uh, at the end of this month to St. Lucia and we're going to pair them up with 10 local Lucian bartenders and they're going to team up and they're, we're going to give them the whole excursion experience and, and, um, and the, the cultural introduction to, to Martinique. I mean, I'm sorry, to St. Lucia. But uh, part of that is where we, we're going to play a little game called uh, Spice Market Sweep. So in, in Castries, you have the capital city of the big uh, market. And uh, <clears throat> so the Lucian bartenders who are paired up with the, uh, with the international bartenders you know, they team up as teams of two. And, you know, I hope to see that there's a great exchange of ideas and, te- you know, techniques and talent, of course. And and you see, you know, both from both sides. So maybe the Lucian bartender will help be a good guide to go through the spice market and be able to explain where these sort of roots and barks and herbs and botanicals and obviously the fruits and whatnot are coming. And, and they're going to team up and make some tropical cocktails together. And, and they have to present those um, to a panel of judges in St. Lucia as well. You guys got a lot of fingers in a lot of different competitions, and I, I love the push. I part love- of it really for me is is part of the spirit tourism. You know, and getting people yeah. down and experiencing you know what our islands have to offer, the rums, what, and it's not just about the rum, but how it in, right. it, how it, it's involved in the cultural uh, part of, of the island's daily life. And tea punches, this is how it starts for me. <laughs> right, it always starts with the tea punch. Um, is there any social media you want to throw out there for, or, you know, website, all that stuff? To follow get, me. Follow Ben Jones. <laughs> uh, I mean, Spirit Bar- I'm sure that's a very uncommon name. Just, just Google Ben Jones. I'm sure that's the right guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, so Spearbomb uh, handles the social media for all of the brands and as a collective when we're doing the events. But then all, all of the individual brands have their all, all their own handles. Uh, Rum Clement Official and uh, Rum GM Official and Chairman's Chairman's Rum Chairman's Reserve Rum, and that's all Instagram and Facebook. It's fairly you know straightforward and easy to find. So yeah, definitely if you want to hear about what events we're doing and what's going on. I mean, every market, every city, every state around the you know every country around the world, there's always something cool going on. And and I would tell you that you know some of the things I'm most proud of is we have a great team, very creative, very innovative, very very dynamic. 
great ideas. We're always doing great stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like we bring in a lot of added value to what we're doing. Not just being, you know, we stand behind the bottles, but, you know, we, we want to engage and we want to be that, you know, we want to help bring that educational value to everything we do. Um, just real quick before we wrap up, I wanted to acknowledge, um, I saw some marketing material from um, St. Louis Distillers about chairmans. We're officially talking, you guys are making a big push on the Mai Tai, uh, the official drink of, of St. Lucia, or I, that's not what, how it was phrased, but I, you can speak to it better than I can. I mean, it's not so much the official drink of St. Lucia. Yeah, I know if that's not it's, true. I was no, like, I, no. I'm trying to figure it out. If anything, it's the official drink of Spear Bomb because right. we put some Martinique rum and some <laughs> Creole shrub and our sugarcane syrup in it. But, but more than that, I mean, the, the, how the Mai Tai came about for me was that, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to relaunch the brand, um, Chairman's, and I personally love a Mai Tai. It's one of my favorite cocktails. And, uh, and, you know, quite honestly, I didn't understand why a Jamaican rum didn't take ownership of that cocktail. Like, you know, Bacardi took ownership of the mojito. And we obviously are very proud and strong with the, with the tea punch. And, and so it was, some, just, it was just something as a communication point to start. Let's start the conversation with the with chairmans and the Mai Tai. And, and, and again, like I said before, the, you know, with chairmans, it gave us an opportunity, that vehicle, that channel to talk to bartenders to say, hey, you know, even though Mai Tai is very well known and very widely popular, it's probably the most misunderstood uh, cocktail around the yeah, world. And you're preaching so, to the choir here. So, I mean, like, you know, great. It gives us an opportunity to talk about chairmans, but it also gets us, gives us an opportunity to, to engage with some, you know, bartenders at different levels and say, yeah. hey, you know, take a look at this cocktail and, and really, you know, come to, come to a better understanding with it. And, and uh, it, 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 we just looking for, you know, it's one of the many opportunities for us to, um, to, uh, engage and and to and to play ball and and yeah. uh, and have some fun with uh that's with delicious our, with our time, customers man. yeah so chairman's rum is what uh, the reserve is what we had today solo and then what did we have in the tea punch the can blue that's a single varietal uh uh sugar from cane. all main from blue sugarcane um and that's at 100 proof that's I don't know. Ed asked me what I put in my tea bunch, and that's kind of the. Well, I'm I'm in the same boat. I yeah. think he told us last time what his um, he did hangover his, cure yeah, was. So, I so you're gonna have to go punch. back and you're gonna have to listen to our uh, previous episode to hear Ben's hangover cure. But as we wrap up, for those of you out there that want to follow us on social media, we are Shift Drink Podcast on uh, Facebook and on Instagram, and we are Shift underscore Drink on Twitter. But uh, check out, you know, follow us on uh, Facebook for articles that we repost, a lot of stuff about rum, a lot of stuff about growers champagne. And then, of course, on Instagram, all the uh, the drunken nights that we have. And uh, we're, we're heading up toward another drunken night this Sunday when we go see uh, Super Joint and Devil Driver. So uh, there'll be a nice metal show for us to talk about next episode around. But Ben, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's do this Always tasting. Let's have, uh, let's have some more uh, rum. So Cheers. Sir. Cheers. Cheers.